Hola. Hello, hello. It is great to be here. Another trigger proof transmission. I just went live right now and it gave me this big thing that said can't see video. So I just want to make sure you can see me okay before I go on. Seems to be working better this time, which is great. I just want to get get your thumbs up. It's been a while since I've done one of these transmissions, and I gotta say I miss you. <laughs> I miss it, and yet I don't, because I gotta. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I really prefer uh, kind of like a live group setting. I much prefer being in a live audience. Why? Because it's about engagement to me. <clears throat> your facial expressions, your ahas, your Oh, or when you get angry or triggered with what I say, I'm able to use what your your body language, your facial expressions as feedback. Yanni, good. I'm glad you can see me. Had a question that popped into my DMs this morning as I get tons, and I'm grateful that I'm putting out <clears throat> all this hard work that I've done over the last few years to help people and then formulate um, content that's going to touch people and move people uh, and the messages are now coming in and I'm getting a lot of requests for help and guidance and it's 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 a unique time because I've never experienced I've always been able to just answer the question and now it's getting to a point where I can't I can't keep up with the demand and touch wood that's a great problem to have I'm not complaining the problem is there I have a pleaser inside of me and the reason why I'm teaching this work of becoming trigger proof is because not only am I the president I'm also a client in other words I teach you what I most needed to learn and what challenges a lot of people are boundaries because we feel we don't want to feel like a bad person in putting up boundaries and saying no and saying I'm sorry I can't I don't have the time to respond to you um, it's very difficult because I don't want to come across as being a jerk. Uh, I want you. To, I, I just want everybody to like me. <laughs> and uh, what happened? What I noticed was was that as I was getting uh, into the world of trying to get everybody to like me, my wife at home started to dislike me because I was spending so much time trying to get you to like me that she stopped liking me. So I had to think about that for a moment, and I was like, okay, shit, I gotta now choose. And then this gave me an opportunity to be an example of what I'm teaching is to set boundaries. So I thought, how can I best serve? So I've come up with a couple of ideas for this community and I really want to share it with you because you're watching this because you're in the community, you belong here, even though you might be new. And we've had a ton of new people come aboard. It's only been a few months and we have over 1,200, almost 1,300 members. It's only been a few months and it just came with me wanting to just put out content to help people with the whole coronavirus and to help people regulate their nervous systems and to get back into their bodies and into their hearts and learn how to regulate so that all of this unknown what's going to happen after you can be prepared and so I just came in and, and started doing content and what happened was people started responding and wanted my help our help our team's help we we run a uh, uh, mastermind very powerful masterminds called the powerfully aligned mastermind where we teach people how to create secure healthy relationships in their lives by regulating the nervous system in other words shifting the relationship with self and then all of a sudden magically all the relationships outside start to change because of the shift in the relationship and the dynamic that you've had with yourself and this has all been a product of my relationship failures. One failure after another, one divorce, back like almost 10 years ago, going from one divorce to one freaking failed relationship after another until two years ago, my world completely kind of collapsed in on itself. And I decided that I'm not going to do what I normally do, which is to distract myself in pleasing others in helping others in being significant to other people's lives, which is where I gained much of my identity being Dr. Nima being the guy who can adjust you and get rid of your physical pain and then come do this overview method tool that I've kind of integrated and come up with and then all of a sudden become really 
significant in your life and just be get, be able to get attention just like that and be able to get um, you know people to like me and then people to recognize me and all of that stuff and I realized it was a very sad moment when I realized I was doing all of that just to get that external approval and all of the choices that I made in my relationships were from an unconscious place of fear rather than a place of inspiration, a place of authenticity, place of love and inspiration. It was all based on fear and I'm going to share with you uh, you know, a little bit about attachment wounds because that's what the question was asked of me today and I wanted to <clears throat> read it to you and so I want to answer that in the context of why you're here uh, and also if you're new to welcome you to the community you belong here you're here because somebody either invited you or you saw something that was interesting that resonated with you in the realm of healing the conversation that we have in this forum is really pointing and aiming at one thing healing because some shitty things are happening in the world right now and some great chaos and calamity and catastrophe and all of that stuff's happening and crisis has two kind of meanings in um, the Eastern languages I'm not sure if it's Cantonese Mandarin it's one of the Asian um, uh, languages crisis means danger yet opportunity and whether you leave this whole coronavirus thing uh, in a state of danger or you see it as an opportunity entirely depends on the one thing that everything in your life depends on which is the state of your nervous system and how my nervous system state is in any given moment is very very impactful in my life it determines what memories that I recall when I'm in a really, you know, when my nervous system is in a regulated, what we call ventral vagal state in the polyvagal theory, when my autonomic nervous system is at its connection, joy, uh, playfulness, uh, fun, that's the kind of the ventral state, all of my memories are positive. My memories about you are positive. My thoughts about you are positive. My thoughts about my life are great. My thoughts about, hey, you know what, things are going great. They're not so bad after all. But depending on my state, whether I then get triggered and activated into a sympathetic fight or flight state and I get into anxious, fearful, frustrated type of energy, now my electromagnetic field, which is my body, my thoughts, my feelings, all electrical impulses, that's pretty much what I am. I'm just an electrical circuit you'll be able to feel it when you come into my presence you'll be able to feel you'll be like Nemo what the fuck's wrong with you and I'll be like nothing nothing and you'll be like yeah whatever look at you dude you're jittery your 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 shoulders are up against your ear your ears and you're just like panicking all the time like you don't feel like you're you, like you're the look on your face looks different and what you're noticing about me is that when my nervous system is activated my face changes, my posture changes, my breathing changes because all of a sudden I get triggered into a lack of safety and that lack of safety will start to activate my protective parts and another what happens is if that activation of my sympathetic nervous system is constant then my question to you is how am I showing up in my relationships? How am I showing up in my work? If you're a chiropractor, if you're a doctor, if you're a dentist, even if you're like a Starbucks barista, even if you're an artist, whatever work that you do, especially if it involves other people, is impacted by your state. So if I'm in sympathetic, you can feel it. There's, I'm, I'm more impatient with you. I don't feel, because I don't feel safe. My protective parts are up. If I don't learn how to regulate that and my stress load keeps going, kind of like we're experiencing right now in the corona times, my nervous system then goes to the next level, which is called dorsal vagal shutdown. It's part of the autonomic nervous system that says <clears throat> the amount of load that you're meeting right now is too much for me to handle. I'm just going to go into shutdown mode right now. Okay. Hey, Heather. Hey, Yanni. Um, and so when you go into shutdown all of a sudden nothing you feel you feel nothing you're dissociated from your body 
you feel, of course, not safe, but then your nervous system then plays dead, which is a very protective thing biologically. It's just not very functional in the realm of relationships. You've experienced life when you've had a parent that was dissociated, that, you know, their face was just kind of numb. There was no expression on their face. They just sit there like this. I know sometimes I talk to people and they just like look away and they go into story and I'm just like, wow complete dissociation from deep wounding in childhood where it doesn't feel safe to be in your body so you leave you dissociate you go off into story storyland la la land you leave your body and most of us unconsciously get into relationships with this going on so this question so what happens is we have this nervous system dysregulation and we get into relationships and they become toxic they become unconscious. Two unconscious people who are unaware of their nervous systems. They don't know how to self-assess. They don't know how to have self-awareness. They are completely wounded within themselves. They haven't addressed their wounds. Maybe gone to a couple therapy sessions, whatever. Hasn't come up. Let's just get married blind. Okay, good. How's that working out for you? Within about six months to a year, that's about the amount of time that it takes for you to become really attached to somebody and in that moment all of your unconscious attachment wounds will show up all of them will show up your partner is designed to bring up your attachment wounds now there's a question that was asked I'm gonna read it in a moment but I want to give you the background so that you can understand the answer to this question because it really there's a story that you need to understand in order for you to add, in order for you to get this question. I want to answer this question because it's a really great question. I get it constantly, and it is a, you know, on, on first glance, when most people on the outside would look at the the question, would say, "Oh, honey, just leave him. He's not that into you. Just leave him." Easy for us to say on the outside. Very easy. But when you're in it and you have those attachments, you've become attached, you have those hooks in, and now you're actually not the one in control. You're not actually in control of you. You are governed by, you are now in that space, you're governed by forces beyond your awareness, especially if you haven't done the work. These forces are unconscious complexes that started in childhood basically all of your neurological development in your life started with the attachment of your primary caregivers your mother and father that formed the basis of your neurological development and your interpersonal neurological development if you had the experience when you didn't have parents that met your emotional needs that could validate you that could see you and really hear you what happens is you have big emotions come up and instead of parents that understood attachment theories and neurology which most of us didn't have that and let me know if you were lucky enough to have that experience of having a parent be um, you know aware of their attachment wounds by the way also write down where you're listening from I'm just curious I'm gonna read all of your comments and questions and I'm just curious where you're listening from and how this is landing for you let me know if this is an aha I just wanna know because I wanna see how this is landing for you if you had a parent that didn't know how to soothe your emotions and you didn't have the experience of your big emotions actually working to get you soothing they or they avoided you or they kind of like kind of they, they your parents left you be to, to to deal with your own big emotions or gave you validation when you performed something in other words you had to do in order to receive love and you had that experience what's gonna happen is you are forming what's called an avoidant attachment wound and the way that it shows up is you go into a relationship relationships don't feel nourishing to you because when big emotions come up you haven't been you haven't been 
it had the experience of having another human being soothe them. So when big emotions come up, you're like, get the fuck away from me. I, I, I can't handle my emotions. Go away. But deep down, you want intimacy. But intimacy makes you ang anxious. When you're around another person, their emotions are showing up. Your emotions are showing up. You don't know what to do with it, so you back the hell off, and you just want to be. And it seems as though you are trying to get away, and that's why you're also called the distancer, the avoidant, the distancer. Now, if you had the experience growing up where <clears throat> you didn't have constancy by your mother and father, you didn't know that they were going to be there. In other words, your mother would leave and come back a completely different person, she was unstable, not present. You didn't know when it was happening. There was this this feeling of abandonment. I don't know if they're going to be here or not. This uneasiness that you didn't have permanence and constancy with parenting. It was very uh, unreliable. You will develop what's called an insecure, anxious attachment wound and what happens is as you grow up that familiar there's a familiarity that you're going to experience where you have somebody like there and then they're not they're there and then they're not that chase that anxiety that seeking that longing that you had as a child is very familiar to you so when you start seeing it in someone somebody who pays attention to you and is there for you when you're deep in that attachment wound you will not see that as love you will mistake longing for love somebody who's stable will have zero uh, interest to you they're stable they have a job they are they show up when they say they will they are like I want to be with you you're the love of my life you're gonna be like well this doesn't feel like longing I I have this person I want nothing to do with them let me know if you know what the hell I'm talking about the anxious attached does not get really deeply like trauma bondly connected like sparks start to fly with a stable secure partner they become very very attached to somebody who has the avoidant characteristic the, the the one that is the distancer so the pursuer or insecure anxious becomes very very attached to the avoidant who's the distancer the distancer pursuer make a perfect lock and key Distancers aren't attracted to other distancers. They like the pursuers. Because deep down inside, the distancers have a deep desire for connection. But then when it happens with somebody who they perceive as needy, they're like, get the fuck away. It's like, it's just too much for me. And so, when both parties are unconscious of this, you now have this beautiful, toxic, push-pull dance of a classic codependent relationship welcome to the game and in order for you you just ask this question um, my, my relationship is going through a push-pull experience I think my boyfriend is saying he doesn't see me in his future or that we're through but then he stays what does that mean that's the avoidant he's like get away from me but I still want to be around I'm too afraid to be by myself I don't love myself enough to take a stand to be with somebody I truly want to be with so I'm just gonna be with somebody who's just gonna be there and doesn't really hold me accountable to something greater cuz she's so needy that she'll always be there so I don't really have to work for this <laughs> the lazy part of me wants to stay in this relationship okay now your boyfriend was me <laughs> the reason why you're, you're, you're saying this is your boyfriend is me. So I know exactly what he's feeling. That was my last relationship. I never had any plans from the beginning to bring her home to mom. I never had any, she wasn't, she wasn't what I wanted long term. She was what I needed short term because 
of what she offered me to make my life comfortable because at that time I was so in a space of fear, so in a space of insecurity that I needed to be validated externally by a woman. And I was really into what I'm into, which was teaching. I wanted to be a teacher. So it was the perfect union with somebody who didn't really have security within herself, didn't really love herself. So she, so here's what happens. When some two people who don't love themselves get into a relationship, they will be treated, they will be, they will consent to being treated exactly the level of which they are feeling a love for themselves. Let me say that in a different way. You teach others how to treat you. We, excuse me, not you. We teach others how to treat us by the way we treat ourselves. When I fully love and accept and embrace myself, if you start screaming at me, I can hold my own and say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to speak to you if you're going to talk to me in that tone. If you're going to talk to me, I suggest that we do it in a in a rational uh, in a rational way that's non-attacking. I could set a boundary, but if I don't love myself, I have no boundaries. So I'm okay being treated whatever because I'm so deathly afraid of losing you that I'm afraid to even set a boundary and risk having you reject me. I love myself so little. Does this make sense? Okay. Let me know if this is making sense to you. Okay. Uh, chase the chase and the the chase of the distancer, the pursuer. So this is the insecure avoidant. So the avoidant shows up, and the avoidant, who, you know, he really wants relationship, but, you know, he he says he doesn't want you, but then he still sticks sticks around. So let me finish what you wrote here. My boyfriend is saying he doesn't see me in his future or that we're through, but then he stays. Hopefully I explain to you why. It makes me so confused and it hurts, honestly. You're only confused. Here's the thing. You're only confused because you don't see the order. There's a methodology that I teach called the overview method that helps you take a 30,000 foot view of your situation and see order in it. To me, the entire situation makes perfect sense. Okay, and I'm going to exp explain it to you. It hurts. Of course it hurts. But I'm explaining to you why it hurts. I saw your YouTube video on relationship limbo and could completely relate. I think like most people, I feel stuck battling my head and my heart. Yep, you do. And I'll explain it all to you. I don't know if he's doing this push-pull thing on purpose, but he's the one who just used the term today. So maybe he is. Let me explain to you. He's not doing it on purpose. He's doing it probably unconsciously, but now he's aware of it. And he now knows that he can do it. He's doing it because he can. Because he, there is no consequence for him not to. You have literally, just by what I'm reading, you've put him in the power position. You're the needy one. You're the codependent, and he's the narcissist. Okay, so there's no consequence. You know, he's got his emotional immaturities that he's using you for to fill those voids. What a narcissist. Terrible, terrible guy, right? Until you look at your part in it, which is you're using him to fulfill your, uh, your unresolved emotional needs that you don't know how to give to yourself. So you're using him just as much as he's using you. Welcome to a transactional, unconscious relationship. Let me know if you know what the hell I'm talking about. The reason why I'm saying this is because there's no shame involved. There's nothing wrong. All of it makes perfect sense when you understand why you're in that situation. Um, it seems wrong to know that you're manipulating someone by choice. I feel very lost. Okay, manipulative could be. Yeah, it could be. But here's the thing you got to understand. What kind of a person manipulates another person? The only way that I would manipulate you, other than if you're in my chiropractic table and I do an adjustment, which we call adjustments, not manipulations, for that very reason, um, 
the only reason why I would manipulate you is if I was in a place of fear and scarcity. Think about that. Why do we, and we all do this, we all manipulate people. This is part of the growth, you know, children are constantly doing it to parents, like you're doing it to children. It's any time you're unconsciously, you know, trying to get someone to fulfill your agenda, which is what communication, what marketing is all about. You know, I'm trying to get you to fulfill my agenda, attending my workshops, and that's my agenda. But I can only do that if I'm giving you something that's so valuable and I understand what your problem is and I understand what it is that you need and then I can offer you a solution. That's, most times we're doing it unconsciously, but there, there's if you're doing it in you can do enlightened manipulation which which we call you know caring <laughs> we call it selling in the outside world but interpersonal relationships is about caring it's about taking the time to find out what's most meaningful to you this question and then I offer you a solution then have I manipulated you yes I have I basically have said look you're having this problem I have the solution all you got to do is come here let me show you the way as long as you're aware of what the fair exchange is it's it's actually a, a, a very intelligent part of life just being aware what is it that what is it that I can offer you what is it that you need you know understanding we all have different values so <clears throat> Is he aware that he's doing it? Maybe. I don't know. Chances are he didn't know at the beginning. It's just now, like, everyone is trying to slant the world in their favor. <clears throat> Especially somebody, if you're in a scarcity, if you're in deep fear and scarcity, you're going to try to manipulate anything that you can in your favor because you feel lack. So if he's doing that, please understand, his nervous system is not in a ventral place. He doesn't have a, in a healthy state if he's manipulating you on purpose. Now, if he's doing it by accident or unconsciously, that's, that makes sense too. Because he says, I don't want you, you guys get triggered, you got into an argument, he wants his space, so he says, get out of my life, and then you get hurt and you leave, he gets a few minutes of space, you know, takes the weekend whatever and then all of a sudden he's like he, his vent his uh, dorsal or his sympathetic state changes more to a ventral and he's like you know what she's not that bad I kind of miss her and she, he just shows up again and then you're sitting there like open arms w w waiting because you, you have this paralyzing fear of him leaving you oh no which we're gonna get to in a moment I feel very lost I recognize that I am stagnant in my life at this moment and he does not like that. Interesting. Interesting choice of words. I'm stagnant at this moment and he does not like that. My question is, how do you feel about that? Does it not even concern you? The fact that you're more concerned about what he thinks about it? That's something for you to definitely look at. I listen, I read every word and I look in. There's the nonverbal cues that mean way more to me than what you're saying. When you say, I recognize that I'm stagnant in my life at this moment and he does not like that. How does that make you feel to know that you're stagnant in your life? And if you're stagnant in your life, it makes sense that you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs hoping for his fucking approval. And no offense, and this is a little tough love coming, so just get this. Who wants to fuck that? <laughs> Sorry. It's true. <laughs> you know? This is this is a uh this is a, a sad truth. You know? What if I was in a relationship with you and I was talking about you and us and I'm like, you know, I'm really stagnant in my life and she doesn't really like that. It's like just listen to how much of a pleaser you are, how much you've abandoned yourself, and you're looking at him giving you the push-pull. I'm going to give you some tough love here, and it might not, it, it's not going to feel great, but it's the elixir that you need. It's a little bit of it's the bitter pill that you need in order to grow if you're willing. To, you could leave the group right after this and say, fuck that Nima guy's a jerk. What a dick. And I would understand because many people can't handle the truth, but I'm here to give it to you. I feel very lost. I'm stagnant in my life. Um, 
I'm stagnant in my life at this moment. Da, 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 da. He sees himself as the more he sees himself as the more empowered, and he is, I guess, in the way he feels most important. No, he is. Make no mistake, he is. If you're having this conversation, instead of him wondering, you know, will she approve of me? You're the one seeking his approval. Yes, you have given your power to him. He is the more empowered one, but it's not because he's a jerk. It's just it's because you've also contributed to giving your power to him. I guess in the way that feels most important. Can a relationship in this state ever be salvaged? Ha. Okay. So, can a relationship. Now, understanding this, I have to tell you, you're asking the wrong question. If you had a daughter and she she gave you that whole spiel and asked you that, what would you say to her? What would you say? If this was my daughter, I'd be like, fuck you for this question. You shouldn't even be asking this. This is my my angry father would say. You shouldn't even be asking this question. That question is beneath you. He should be pursuing you. And all of your friends and all of this would, would start to support you. Oh, he you he's no good for you. You know, like, go, oh, you know, but that's not going to solve it for you. Your work is to find out at what point you gave your, your power away. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Become Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less it means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds anytime there's reactivity there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Number one. Number two, your work is to understand that you are an insecure, attached, anxious attachment. And he's an avoidant. And that's his work to do. It's got nothing to do with you. He's a, And here's the other part that I want you to really get is that this didn't start with this relationship. In other words, this has very little to do with your boyfriend. Very little to do with your boyfriend. And this has everything to do with asking the question, when did I first have these feelings of abandonment, of neediness, of longing? This is not your first time, I guarantee. And if you look, you're going to see there is a parent-caregiver relationship where you had that exact same wounding, exact same feeling, that that neediness. Whose love were you constantly longing for that wasn't able that wasn't available to you? And you always had to feel like you were fighting for it or working for it or dangling carrots and one day if you were a good girl and if only you have this healing fantasy that this magical guy is gonna go solve what was incomplete with your past. I'm here to wake you up from that fantasy. He's actually here to wake you up from the fantasy. It just so happens that you asked the right asshole to help you. And the answer is, is this type of relationship salvageable? My question to you is, why would you want to salvage a relationship with someone who doesn't think he doesn't really want to be with you? Why? Your question, here are the questions you're going to start to ask yourself. What had me in a situation where I am tolerating somebody who says they don't want to be with me. Where did that start? Where did that begin? Whose responsibility is that to heal? 
where did that begin? This is an opportunity for you. For you to, to, to start to heal your attachment wounds, number one. This is what you do. Number one is identify your attachment style. I had to do that. I was an insecure avoidant. Shit, okay. That means that I have wounding in my body, emotional wounds and traumas in my body that get activated without even me thinking about it. It just happens. I get triggered. And in that moment of trigger, I want to leave and escape, and I want my freedom, and I'm just like, ugh. Because I have now merged with someone as an avoidant like your partner. He probably had a mother who was extremely emotionally taxing and didn't really get his needs met by his mother. So he meets somebody, no offense to you, that is extremely emotionally taxing because she doesn't know how to handle her own triggers and regulate her own nervous system and live basically her own life. She's basically plugging into a source of outside of herself because she doesn't have any value, any worth, any direction, any purpose. So she's going to cling on to me and basically I'm the hero. She's instead of becoming her own hero, she's looking for a savior. Becoming her own savior, she's looking for a savior outside of herself, which is likely what you're doing. You meet him, you probably saved or fixed him as well. You are his savior. But then, alas, you can't save him from himself. And now you then become his perpetrator, constantly bringing up the same feelings and emotions during your triggers, probably as his mother did. So he's like, fuck that noise. I'm out of here, which is what I would go through. These were the patterns I was going through. I, Like I said, I am your ex. Excuse me. I am your boyfriend. I was, I was, when I, before I started the work. So honoring where you are at first is the first step. I'm an insecure attached, uh, and insecure, anxious attached. And here's the best part. None of that's your fault. It's not your fault. It's not even his fault. None of that is your fault. It is your responsibility. You honor that attachment wound whether you're an insecure anxious insecure avoidant you are a disorganized attached we're going to talk more about that over the next week and you identify your wound and number two here's what you're going to do if you want to get out of this alive and well what do you want you want a secure attached relationship this is ideally here's what you want you want a secure attached relationship where it feels safe to be there you know that you're honored they know that they're honored there's a feeling of safety, there's a feeling of integrity, there's a feeling of um, nourishment that you get from one another. There's a feeling uh, of when you break down and an argument happens, you know that there's a repair coming. You don't threaten to leave every time. You don't have this feeling of, oh my gosh, everything's done during an argument. That's where a secure attached relationship, that's what you want. Ideally, why do you want that? Well, because life is a lot safer at home when you feel that. The kids, the kids feel safer with you. The kids feel safer at home. Their health is better. You do better in your career when you feel uh, when you feel a secure attach attachment at home. You're more willing to take risks in the big in the big picture in the big in the in the real world. Um, that's what you want. You want to heal your. You want to create a secure attachment. So you must identify your attachment wound. Number two, you must heal your attachment wounds, with mother, with father. This is your work to do. If you don't heal those attachment wounds, if you don't, what happens is you could leave this guy. He could leave. You will repeat the pattern, and it'll be amplified in the next relationship. I found that my unresolved wounds from one relationship after another, they actually amplified. It got worse. It got more toxic as I went. It didn't get better. It got worse until it fucking blew up in my face and I had to stop working 
and start to go inside and realize that I had some deep issues in my body. The wounding was not in my memories. You can't talk therapy your way out of it. They're actually in your body and stored in implicit memory. You, you must bring them to light. And, and it's the most difficult thing to do because you don't want to bring them to light. You want to let them lie. You want to keep them dormant. And you want your partner to save you. It's not going to work you have to actually deal with it. And number three, this is the last part, is you must realize that he's treating you exactly like you're treating you. He is treating you exactly as you're treating you. It's up to you. It's like he's a mirror. He's abandoning you. Guess what? You're abandoning you. He's disrespecting you. Guess what? You're disrespecting you. Now, I'm not saying this to victim blame. Please. I got all the, the social justice warriors, you know, spamming my inbox and throwing hate my way because they think I'm victim blaming. I'm not victim blaming. This isn't justifying his bad behavior. His behavior is his behavior, and it's not for you to fix him. It's for you to get yourself so resourced that you don't ex you don't accept anything less than absolute mutuality healthy interdependence uh, respect all because he's a reflection of how you're treating you it must be internally guided and you must heal those attachment wounds i discovered i don't care how much money you make if you have millions of dollars in the bank if you don't have a secure attachment at home life's not worth it and I am committed to teaching people how to transform that is by taking responsibility. So the answer to your question is, is a relationship like that salvageable? The real question is, the real thing that I want from you when I know that you've got it, to answer this question, especially if you're in this community, I'm going to take responsibility for helping teach you that, is I don't want a relationship like that. I don't want to salvage that. I want to start an entire new relationship based on me feeling just as valued as I am feeling within myself. And I know that he is a he, he is a mirror, an effigy of how I'm treating me, and I'm committed to becoming the kind of person that can look in the mirror and say, I'm not going to take or stand or tolerate any type of relationship that isn't absolute mutuality and equality. And that, even if that means me growing myself, who, the question you want to ask is, who do I have to become in order to be pursued? Not by him, but by me. <laughs> be someone that you would pursue. That's the key. Would you pursue you? If you're honest with what you can contribute, and if you can be honest with that, then you're, you're on the right track. The question is that you must be able to go there yourself and, and realize that he's giving you, he's treating you exactly to the degree that you're treating you. <clears throat> so how do you turn this around? Healing those attachment wounds. The work that I do, the work that we do in this community and in our events is all designed not about couples counseling specifically. I mean, we do have couples who are stuck in limbo who we work with, totally. But they're both kind of, or one of them, <laughs> is committed to healing the relationship with their attachment wounds with themselves. They're wounded inner child and their adapted adolescent. Whenever you get triggered, you either turn into the wounded inner child or the adapted adolescent. The, the victim, poor me, you know, the one that doesn't feel like they're good enough or the arrogant one who is like, I'm, I'm too good, too hot shit. You're either one or the other. And for you to actually create a secure attachment involves you growing up out of that juvenile state into a place where you can honestly say your functional adult is the one driving the bus instead of the wounded inner child waiting for mommy or daddy to come and see them and rescue them, waiting for a savior. You are the hero. And it starts with mastering your own nervous system. It starts with understanding the little girl that didn't feel like mom and dad were there for her. It felt abandoned. Those abandonment wounds 
in order for you to have a healthy relationship and salvage a healthy relationship, whether it's with this guy or someone else, those abandonment wounds need to be resolved. And that's why I created the workshops that we do in this program, in this community. On Sunday, we did our breathwork and badassery that helped you heal with the father bond and deeply connect with yourself and start to build the muscle of self-trust start to activate through neuroplasticity through the prefrontal cortex new rewiring of your nervous system so that you can regulate yourself so that you can expand that space between stimulus and response not be so reactive not be so needy it takes going inside and doing the work. We did this on Sunday, the breathwork and badassery. We do it once a month in this community. We have it every month. Next one's going to be July 21st, I believe, uh, on Sunday. So definitely open up your space for that. But on Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, we have the overview experience, which is a five-hour deep dive into your wounded child the one with the attachment wounds and we're going to start the process of healing those attachment wounds why so that you can become self-resourced become more resilient more adaptable you're able to take triggers that cause you to self-abandon and you're able to widen that gap change the conversation that you have with yourself which usually goes into I'm not enough and I'm 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 not good enough I'm not lovable and you're able to slowly over time through rewiring of your nervous system change that conversation to I'm not gonna I'm not going to um, tolerate anything less than absolute like unconditionally mutual love and so the cool part about this was when I started taking this work on I remember one year ago uh, I was kind of feeling lonely I mean I was coming out of that deep freeze and I was starting to really my my teaching and my programs and my offerings and my lessons that were coming through me were becoming more geared towards healing yourself and feeling good just without any partner this was the first time in my life that I went single for six months not distracting myself with anyone and I did the scariest thing that I could ever think of which is to not distract myself by getting outside approval It was terrifying but then within about six months of doing that I met this incredible woman and we're having a baby in October we got married in April and so I hadn't even met her it's the 23rd of June I met her 11 months ago and now here we are and we were on our baby moon this weekend so don't don't underestimate what can happen to your entire life in a year if you're asking the question if is this relationship salvageable you're asking the wrong question the question I would really rather you be asking is how can I heal so that I can create a secure attachment with or without this dude that's the better question you want to be asking and if you're asking is this question is this relationship salvageable my answer is yes and if you salvage that old relationship you'll be going around in circles with the same fucking dance for 10 years and it'll get more and more toxic as you go because both parties are too damn afraid to do their own healing work and grow however if you would like to be in a different place within the next six months and you're willing to take ownership and do the scary thing which is take on the work then I'm gonna encourage you to join us I'm gonna leave a link in the comment section for our session that's coming up in the next it's the virtual retreat it's on Sunday it's coming up and I cannot wait here we go perfect I cannot wait she said ouch you're nailing it thank you for the awareness um, on Sunday uh, join us from noon to 5 p.m. Pacific which is 3 to 8 p.m. Eastern and then it's late at night if you're in Europe and it's uh, super early in the morning 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Monday morning 
Join us for the overview experience where we go into a deep dive into starting to heal those attachment wounds, understanding where these patterns actually come from. They don't come from your boyfriend, they come from way back when. And start the, the education of learning how to get into your body, out of your head, into your body, and create safety from within so you're not looking outside of you. Hopefully this was something um, useful. Let me know if you have any questions. I'll leave a couple moments for questions. But I'm going to talk more tomorrow about the um, healing fantasies that we have and the roles we kind of unconsciously play in relationships. And I want you to be able to, I'm going to do a little quiz. I want you to be able to see yourself in it. Uh, I'm going to be joining tomorrow morning. I'm going to go over this with you. Let's see what what time tomorrow morning I will be online. I'm going to schedule them. I really want to make a commitment of of doing this, of jumping in. So tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific. Tomorrow at 3, 3 p.m. Pacific, uh, I'm going to jump in and we're going to talk about, I'm going to do a little quiz. Um, we're going to talk about the, um, uh, the roles that you play unconsciously when you're deep in these attachment wounds. Let me know if, if, if anything uh, has come up, if any of this made sense for you, uh, what was your biggest takeaway. If you have any other questions, I'm happy to do the, um, the Facebook Lives for you. And my commitment is to get in here at least once a day and just drop some pearls for you on your climb up towards secure attachments, both at home, but both with your partner and with your work because that's the, my, that was my next frontier after I found the secure attached relationship, which, by the way, when you get married, it's just the beginning. Just because you get married doesn't mean it's over. It's now the beginning of a new chapter, of a new climb of healing your attachment wounds because you're going to trigger the shit out of one another. What are you going to do when the trigger comes up? Are you just going to blame or are you going to have the proper response? So this is all about education of becoming response-able so that people can feel safe in your presence. And then you can create safety wherever you go because you're able to take off the mask and communicate in a way that doesn't blame or shame other people or yourself. So this is a new conversation. This conversation is all about healing. And uh, if you have any questions, I'm here for you. Welcome to the, if you're new, welcome. I want you to think of two or three people that you know that should be here and listening to this and I want you to invite them into this group and tag them in this post because uh, I stand for healed families I'm here because uh, I was able to do this work and then have a completely different experience with my family uh, to kind of who I would consider narcissistic parents just like yours uh, Persian uh, who had no ability to see or hear me until I finally did my own work and now my relationship with them is totally different every relationship in my life is completely different and the most important one is the, the relationship with myself. I feel, honestly, I can, I feel safe in my body. I can look in a mirror and say, I love you, and not mean it in a cocky way or a weird way. I actually feel love for myself. And it comes through in my comfort and ease of self-expression. And there's nothing different about me that you don't have. You can actually achieve that as well if you're willing to go inside rather than point fingers. Hopefully this was useful for you. I will see you at the next perfect time.